Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Seahawks had the oldest coach in the NFL in Pete Carroll. They have now taken a hard left and they are hiring the youngest coach in the entire NFL in Mike McDonald. Amber and Ian is presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save nearly $750 on average. Jonathan Zaslow in for Ian Fitzsimmons. Hello, once again Amber. Tonight. Hello, Zaz. You can find him at Zaslow's show. You can find me, Amber Wilson, as well at Amber W Sports. So they've gone from the oldest Zaz to the youngest in the Seahawks. Uh, it's an interesting hire. McDonald has been the mastermind behind the Ravens defense, which has been the best defense in the league the last couple years. Certainly this regular season was easily the best defense in the league. So it makes sense when you're looking at coordinators that you're going to go to the guy who's been one of the best. They literally cut the age of their coach in half. I believe yes. Pete Carroll <laughs> is 72. I was about to say was 72. I think he still is 72. I'm not trying to kill Pete Carroll. I think Please they don't. cut the age in completely in half. But these see this this kind of hire is always interesting to me for two reasons. Number one, the first one is when you hire a coach who's 36 years old, when you hire a coach who's this young, I always wonder. I like asking current and former players what that's like. How do you feel? When do you begin to trust the guy who is that age? There's definitely guys on the team who are at least close to 36 years old. Like, can you imagine? Your head coach is the same age as you. Maybe your head coach is a little bit younger than you. Then the part that I always find interesting, and yes, I understand Geno Smith is there, but Geno Smith's not going to be the guy there forever, and McDonald just signed a six-year contract. They're they're going to eventually draft a, a, a new young quarterback, all right, to be groomed at some point. And that's where this becomes interesting because he's a defensive coach. And what winds up happening when you have the defensive head coach? Well, okay, if your team, and let alone if your team with a young quarterback ends up having a really good offensive year, what happens then? The offensive coordinator gets hired somewhere else to be a head coach. And then you got to bring in a new offensive guy and a new system for whoever that young quarterback is in the future. So I always find it interesting when teams like this go after the young defensive coach because when you hire an offensive coach, it's his offense, and he's not going to go anywhere. So you don't have to worry about it when it comes to grooming a new young quarterback. So I always find that part of it interesting. It's one of those things, it's the growing pains of success. And we saw it with the Eagles and what happened with their coordinators when they left. We saw it with the Chiefs. Yes, they're in a Super Bowl, but it didn't look the same without Eric Bieniemy during the regular season. And frankly, it's not the offense of the Chiefs that's been the bread and butter this season of the success. It's been the defense of the Chiefs that's been the success. So often, if you have an elite coordinator, it seems like it matters if they leave. You know, they're, it's got to take a little bit of a hit. It's your coordinators that are the X's and O's guys a lot of the times the head coach doesn't necessarily come up with the game plan from the X's and O's perspective. And Mike McDonald has been one of those coordinators that has gained a lot of respect over the league here in a short period of time at just 36 years old. And I feel like 
with the Seahawks, they were apparently considering, do we go Ben, the ben Johnson route? Do we go offense, the offense guy, to try to keep up with the, fa- the powerhouse is over here, the 49ers and the Rams and the offenses that we have to deal with over on this coast? Or do we go the entire opposite direction and we go with the defensive guy to try to stop those high-flying offenses? And we've seen them go the defensive route. How much of that had to do with Ben Johnson pulling his name out of the running? I don't know. I mean, Ben Johnson did interview with them uh, and, and inform them that he was going to stay with Detroit, just like he did with the commanders or how much of that was just where they were headed anyways, from a philosophy perspective. I think it's interesting. If you're going to move on from Pete Carroll, who has been an excellent coach at all the levels that he has coached at, who's got an amazing resume and obviously an amazing rapport there for a very long time with that organization, then I, I don't hate the idea of going in a completely different direction. You know, you don't necessarily like the Mike Vrabels of the world or the Bill Belichick's of the world. I feel like it wouldn't have made sense to get rid of Pete Carroll and go to a Bill Belichick, right? Why are we getting rid of one no, guy and no. at that age and going to another, even with the resumes, it, it would not have made any sense, but instead we go in an entirely different direction to try to grow this franchise in a different way. It's a very young team. I pulled the roster. Uh, there aren't many guys on it that are anywhere near 36 years old. So they are in a unique position here. It appears. And we'll see what this roster ends up looking like as we actually head into next season. But they are in a bit of a unique position where they're not going to have many guys near the age of that head coach. But the age thing is interesting. Certainly, it's a benefit when you're talking about longevity. I think you're also in a spot where you're Seattle and the time the time to essentially rebuild. Because when you're going with a first-time head coach who's also of this age... It's a rebuild, all right? It's a rebuild also because this is a guy here in trust. I mean, they signed him a six-year deal. That's right. for, for a first-year coach, six-year deal. I feel like that's not incredibly common. But you're clearly saying, hey, listen, we're a young team. You're a young coach. We're going to grow together, all right? We know what Pete Carroll was able to do here, but he's of a certain age, and we want to be in a place where we are starting from the ground floor. And they're not actually starting from the ground floor because – They won nine games this past year, and they were in the playoff hunt really the entire season. So it really feels like the timing is right where you go with a – I'm sure they never considered a guy like Belichick. Did they consider someone like Meg Vrabel? Maybe, but I think when you're in a situation like they are a super young team, you may as well also have some growing pains together and hire a really young coach. The only the other coach that came to mind when you were just mentioning the contract is D'Amico Ryan's because he what signed a seven year deal I think with the Texans right? when they hired him. So I wonder is this new direction here when we hire these coordinators and their young, the young coaches? Ones. Are we going to give them longer contracts? I don't I don't have the number on what McDonald's contract was, but they're certainly giving him his time there, which is interesting since it is a six year deal. Andrew Hawkins, ESPN NFL analyst, was on NFL Live. He approves of this hiring. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, you talked about this being a defensive-minded organization, and you have someone who, A, comes from a first-class organization going to another first-class organization, one that has been a model of consistency in the NFC, which is very important, and it's a culture that they like. So much so that when they decided to part ways with Pete Carroll, he stayed on as an advisor, and you don't do that for someone you're trying to truly, truly turn the page on. Also, to, to Woody's point, when it comes to defending these teams that are in this division— that's a good point. Always- the, the last part there, I think, is a good point. You look at the teams in the division, Rams, uh, you're looking at the Cardinals, you're looking at mm-hmm. the 49ers. You know, I understand Kyler Murray's in Arizona, but the other two teams are big-time offensive clubs. 
essentially. Right. I guess Kyler Murray could end up being a big-time offensive team with Arizona, but I, I think it's the one sport where when it comes to coaching hires and building your team, you really got to look at the other teams in your division. The other sports don't do that. It's really important with football. Yeah, I said that. I wondered, from a philosophy perspective, do they try to outshoot that 49ers offense, or do they try to stop it? And apparently they've taken the we're-going-to-try-to-stop-it approach, which, of course, they haven't had any success doing there in recent years in Seattle. Most people haven't, though, right? We're talking about the team that's in the Super Bowl right now. From a 36-year-old perspective, if you had a boss who was 36 years old, Jonathan Zaslow. You're in your early 40s. How would you feel about it? Because that individual would be younger than you. It's funny, right? I'm 43 years old, so I'm seven years older than the new head coach of the Seattle Seahawks. And think about it like when you were younger, like maybe you were a teenager. If you were were introduced to someone who was two years older than you, that'd be embarrassing Mm -hmm. to hang out with that person. Now think about that person is seven years from a female perspective. I'm not talking about from a female perspective. I'm talking about people who are two years older than me when I was a teenager. I'm talking about, I'm a young man. I'm not trying. If I'm a senior in high school, I'm not trying to hang out with a sophomore. Now imagine that, that, that other, you know, a, that other guy is seven years younger than me. Seven years is so much younger than me right now. It's so much younger. It's so much younger than me. I understand, though. You're coming at it from a different perspective. Back. I'm coming at a slightly different perspective over here. Uh, I mean, my it, listen, my, my husband's 37 years old. He's not much older uh, than this coach. And you yet, almost gave away your age I there. Feel- <laughs> I'm 41. It's fine. Uh, I'm proud of it. Uh, all 41 of my years. And so how would I feel about my boss, though, being 36? I don't think I would have any problem with it. it for me, it's not about age so much. Now, we're talking like a 21-year-old is my boss. That would be weird. And I, and I obviously, that happens in workplaces, particularly common in, in, say, the tech industry, right, where a lot of the people who are at the top of the companies are sometimes the youngest people in the companies. And that's got to be a strange dynamic. But I think it's how you approach the job and how you garner that respect. You're not going to be able to come in at 36 years old and act like the Patriot way, right? I mean, you can't come in and you can't be Bill Belichick if you're 36 years old. You have to instead come in, find common ground, use that strength to relate to these young guys. I think that's what Mike McDaniel has done in Miami. I think it's what Sean McVay has done in Los Angeles. I think it's what we'll see here probably done by Mike McDonald. By the way, a lot of Mikes, the Frable and Mike Tomlin and they Mike haven't hit the quota McCarthy. yet of Mike's. There's a lot of Mikes. As a society, we haven't hit the Too quota yet. We're still pumping them out. Uh, here we go uh, with all the mics. I guess if you if you Too named many. your child Mike, uh, there's a high probability he'll end up as a head coach one day in the NFL. Coming up next, another thing coming from this hire from the Seahawks. It all but ensures that at least one of either Bill Belichick and Mike Vrabel will not find a job this season. We will get into that. Amber and Ian is on ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C. Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Seahawks, they have their guy. His name is Mike, but it ain't Mike Vrabel, and it certainly isn't Bill Belichick. Amber and Ian, presented by Progressive Jonathan Zaslow, filling in for Ian Fitzsimmons tonight. Thanks for the contribution there, Zaz. So, (laughs) so Mike Vrabel still does not have a job, and maybe more shockingly, yeah, maybe more shockingly, either does arguably the greatest coach of all time in Bill Belichick. Now, actually, that one surprises me less. The resume is far more impressive from Bill Belichick, but the age I could see being a factor for teams because even from the Bill Belichick perspective, it felt like if he was going to go somewhere, they needed to be in a win-now situation for everybody involved. Why would Bill want to take it on if it wasn't a team he thought he could win with in the next few years? And why would the team want to coach in his 70s unless they thought they could win here in the next few years. Mike Vrabel is only 48 years old. Mike Vrabel's resume is also impressive. And frankly, he was impressive with the Titans for a lot of us for many years. He's a wildly respected coach. I've been very surprised by the Vrabel angle of this personally more than the Belichick angle. I think there's two types of head coaches that teams are looking for right now. One of them is that Dan Campbell type that gets his team fired up, super macho. Everybody can, uh, they, they, everybody in that locker room can relate to him. And I think Mike Vrabel is very much of that ilk. I think we've seen yeah. that in Tennessee. I'm surprised, and especially like you mentioned there, not even 50 years old. I'm surprised that Vrabel does not have a job. He will next year. I'd be stunned otherwise. Belichick. I never thought he was going to have a job this year. Amber, I think Belichick is done. I don't think he coaches again in the NFL. I don't think a young team looks at him and says, we want to bring in this guy who's in his 70s. Well, you know right there he's not going to be around for very long. I think you're bringing in a guy who is going to be stuck on his ways when, you know what, that Patriot way – That Patriot way may have just been the Tom Brady way, all right? Because the evidence we have in front of us would speak to it actually just being the Brady way, not the Patriot way. And certainly you can make the case, a very strong one, that Belichick's success is based on having Tom Brady. So do you want to bring that guy into your building as well? And then I also believe if it's a team team that's on the cusp of winning, I think when you bring a guy who is set on his old school ways and – You see from the outside looking in those Patriot teams, it did not look fun playing for the Patriots. It looked very militant. And when you bring in a guy like that who's going to completely change the atmosphere around the team, I think you have to wonder a little bit how the locker room is going to feel about essentially doing a complete 180 
based on the way that they've operated as a team. Now with Belichick, who they don't have blinders on. They've seen the, what the last five years without Tom Brady in New England looks like. You know, you, you, wanna, you want the locker room to buy into the coach. You want them to be able to believe in the coach. And yes, while Belichick's resume is what it is, everyone also sees what the last five years looked like when he didn't have Tom Brady. And I think that could be a tough sell to those guys in the locker room. And I also believe, Amber, I think a lot of Belichick's motivation could be being 14 wins away from Don Shula. And if that's the main motivation... For Belichick to continue coaching, because he really doesn't have anything left to prove. If that's the main motivation, is that the guy you want to bring in to be your head coach? Well, the other thing he has to prove is bulking against everything that you just said before that, which is that he couldn't get it done without Tom Brady, that the Patriot way is the Tom Brady way. I mean, that would be the other reason to go somewhere else and to prove that you can, in fact, do it without Tom Brady. I don't think that he needs to do that. The resume is the resume. The Super Bowls are the Super Bowls. Oh, but it would and help, frankly, right? Who cares? Oh, but it would help, I right? No. Why does why 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 does Bill Belichick need to prove he can do it without Tom Brady? He Here's did why. It so many times with Tom Brady, just be like, hey, I did it with Tom Brady. So sweet. Like Andy Reid doesn't need to prove that he can do it without Patrick Mahomes, right? I, I don't know why we need to prove that we need to do it. Is Kyle Shanahan, do I have so much more respect for Kyle Shanahan because I don't think Brock Purdy is as good of a quarterback than Patrick Mahomes and they're both in a Super Bowl this year? No. I mean, they're both great coaches. I, Here's why, I guess, though. It doesn't really matter to me if you happen to have a very good quarterback as long as you have immense success either way. Here's why it matters. And it likely matters to Belichick. Because when Brady left New England, we were still having the conversation, who has been most responsible for the success, Belichick or Brady? Brady left, and that conversation ended the very next year when Brady won in Tampa. Well, but, but the conversation at least can... It could pick up anew if Belichick also shows you that he could win without New England and without Tom Brady. But right now, that conversation is a blowout in favor of Brady. Does it take any of the Super Bowls away? If no, he, no, no. If he doesn't win that conversation? No. Does it take any of the success away? Does it make him any less of a winning coach? Does he, no, but I think we're talking about Is he not going to finish though. second all time in terms of wins, even if he doesn't coach another day of football? It, it just, I guess it feels like it's, it's good talk here on sports radio. But at the end of the day... For a dude who who has done it all, this idea that he has to go prove that he can do it without Tom Brady. When he's in his 70s, I think it's a bit stupid because you did it all with Tom. Like, who cares how you did it? The point is you did it. And nobody else has done it the way that you've done it. You did it. So what does it even matter if you're the greatest coach of all time and, oh, by the way, you had a lot of help from the greatest quarterback or who was the greatest quarterback of all time, even if we see that guy surpassed at some point. I, all of it, it seems silly. Like, even if Patrick Mahomes surpasses Tom Brady as the greatest quarterback of all time, that doesn't actually do anything to Tom Brady's accomplishments. They still No, but they great. but they weren't together, you know? That, like, this is how sports and team sports, like, this is how it works. And this happened earlier this, you know, this happened, what are we talking, fifth, within 15 and 20 years ago, Shaq and Kobe. Who's most responsible for the Lakers' titles? They won those three in a row together, and then they have the breakup. Shaq went to Miami, and he won a championship without Kobe. It took Kobe a few more years to have that opportunity again, and he won back-to-back. And you don't think that that, in his eyes, you don't think that that was validation for Kobe winning without Shaq? Because it was. 
It was I'm major sure it validation. Was. Major. But nobody talks about it now. Uh, everyone thinks Shaq is an amazing Hall of Fame player, and everybody thinks Kobe is an amazing Hall of Fame player, right? I mean, nobody says anything but if Kobe other never won than again, those guys are both great. But if he never won again, people will be able to say, you only won because you had Shaq. Possibly. Or they would have just Definitely. said, he was Definitely. awesome, and also, he had Shaq. So, I, I, we do... And now, in basketball, I feel like it's a little bit different, because in basketball... The rosters are so much smaller. There's so much less that goes into it. Every individual player means so much more than football, which is the ultimate team sport. So the idea that it's just Tom Brady and nothing that Bill Belichick did, I think is silly. All of that being said, I don't think Bill Belichick would be nearly as successful without Tom Brady. Don't get me wrong, but anybody coaching wouldn't be nearly as successful without the dynamic players or quarterback or skill guys or whomever they have that is the strength of their team, right? And that's just the reality of the situation. With this conversation in terms of the future for Bill Belichick, though, I wonder, and you mentioned the motivation there with Don Shula, he's only 14 wins away from it. 14 well, it doesn't sound what, and, like But it depends lot. what team he would go to. It depends. But it doesn't sound like a lot in the grand scheme of things. And we know that that was a record that seemed like it was important. I mean, if he stayed in New England, he's a thousand years away. Right. Well, that's true. So that was also why (laughs) I thought he'd go to a win now type of team. The only team we saw him get serious that consider seriously or them consider him was the Falcons. And And he'd be a couple years away. Right. I didn't think that was a win now kind of team. And so that's why I thought it was kind of a strange pairing and obviously one that didn't end up working out. And maybe that was why. But there's been a serious lack of interest around the, the league. And I think some I think of it. Done. I think some of it is what you said. It's the age. Also, that Patriot way. Maybe that was just the way of the 2000s and the 2010s. And maybe it just doesn't fly the same way or sit the same way in the 2020s. Coming up next here on Amber and Ian, Jonathan Zaslow filling in for Ian. Should there be any concern about how young Mike McDonald is as he takes over for the Seahawks here on ESPN Radio? Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greatest coach of all time still doesn't have a job, but a 36-year-old appears to. Amber and Ian presented by Progressive Insurance. Jonathan Zaslow filling in tonight for Ian Fitzsimmons. You can find him at Zaslow Show. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. Let's bring in some help for what just happened with the Seattle Seahawks. Rashad Jennings, former NFL running back, kind enough to give us some time. And, of course, most importantly, Rashad is the host of Game Night right here on ESPN Radio Sundays from 9P to 1A. And Rashad, thanks so much. 
Uh, let's talk about this hiring because the Seattle Seahawks, they hire Mike McDonald as their new head coach. He's 36 years old. Before I want to get to anything with the Seahawks, though, I actually want to start with what this means for the Ravens. He was the Ravens DC. We've seen some of these teams that lose their coordinators like the Eagles. The difference that made from last year to this year. We even saw it with the Chiefs offensively a bit with the departure of Biennemi. What do you think this means for the Ravens? Uh, well, the Ravens are going to have to um, fill some major shoes. They have the talent to do that, but the personnel to do that. But I'm not sure. They're not not a knock. We're just not sure, and haven't seen any proof that they have outside of McDaniel the the the, the coach to do it. But um, uh, he left a great ground of work. Um, I think he, I think he's going to do a great job where he's being put in Seattle. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Spagnolia. Um, the defensive coordinator with the Kansas City Chiefs is picked up somewhere. Um, I really think he's an outstanding coach. Uh, but I, I don't know. I think I, just, to, just to set the record right I, straight, Andy Reid is still the head coach of the Kansas City Chiefs, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, because yes. I thought I heard somebody say the greatest, uh, the greatest coach of all time didn't oh, have a job. stop. How about that? that? Rashad. We can't Good do you, that, Rashad. old Good Bill for you. B. Come on. Good for you. <laughs> Yeah, no, that, I that's, had a, you know, I, that's I, I Super hear Bowl. things sometimes wrong. <laughs> well, that Super Bowl ring case, though, uh, looks a little different there for Andy Reid than it does for Bill I'm Belichick. I'm on your side, Rashad. Fairness. I'm with you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think we're on the same page. And now, he does have the ring. He has the hard wire to show it uh, without a doubt. But I don't know. It's kind of tough. I think Andy Reid's been able to do a lot more with less along the way. But, but I could be looking at it wrong. I think – Bill Belichick's record without Tom Brady says he's below 500, so I'll leave it there for a little bit. I mean, this is preaching to the choir I mean, a- AR, here. AR's record without Patrick Mahomes also looks a little different. Just uh, he went to ahead, the Jonathan. Super Bowl with Donovan McNabb in Philadelphia. Amber, all right, Andy Reid can say that. You know what? This is a good segue then, Rashad. How surprised are you that these teams – I mean, the Seattle Seahawks hired a new coach today. How, how surprised are you that Bill Belichick – it looks like he is not going to be a head coach next season. I think the – I'm not surprised. And the reason why – Bill Belichick is great. I, let's not get that twisted. Um, just like the conversation of LeBron versus, you know, uh, Michael Jordan. They're great. Let's just start there. So, I think Bill Belichick, one of the reasons it's going to be difficult for him to get a job is because he has what we would call the Belichick way. Now, the Belichick way works when you have your own – land but right now he doesn't have his own land so it's very difficult for him to establish the belichick way inside of somebody else's home so um i think he has he's kind of going to have to figure out how to maneuver around not holding on to the past because his most recent history isn't the answer it shows that the belichick way the new england way the patriot way isn't working it was the tom brady way that was working and so i think he has to answer those questions plus he's 71 years old I, I, you know, I don't think my my philosophical opinion is that humans don't even get old. But you know, all things being equal, we we consider that a little bit long in the tooth in the human world. So, it's how much longer will he coach? What's our ambitions with him? Is he going to coach one or two more years? Can he really establish uh, the Patriots? Uh, how what he was doing in New England here? I'd rather go young. I'd rather go cheaper, and I'd rather have a little bit more say so in what my team does. But is it LeBron or MJ, though? <laughs> MJ. 
Rashad Jennings, former NFL running back, and you were going to say that, joining us here on Amber and Ian, Jonathan Zaslow filling in for Ian tonight. This coach in Seattle is now 36 years old, Rashad. As a player, how do you feel like it would have been uh, if your coach was only 36 years old? Would that be helpful as a head coach that he's close in proximity to age? I mean, younger than maybe some guys on the team from a, a relatability standpoint, or would it be difficult because it's easier to respect people that have been at it a lot longer than you? It depends on his temperament and his personality. I think um, I think Sean McVay proved that a young coach can come in um, and earn the respect of the team. And it depends on his approach. But I will say as a head coach, from a player standpoint, a head coach's main priority and main job actually isn't really particularly uh, X's and O's. It really isn't. Now, if they have the, if they have an asset with inside the arsenal to call particular X's and O's like some of the great coaches have over history and talking about Andy Reid, obviously X's and O's on the offensive side, Bill Belichick, X's and O's on the defensive side. But your real job – especially at the professional level, is to manage 53 personalities. Can you get 53 men coming from different cultures, backgrounds, and the way that the world spits so many languages at them to, to, to divide them? Can you hold that rope with them? That is the biggest challenge of any coach for, forever and always. And I don't know his temperament. Maybe he has that ability. Maybe he doesn't. We will find out. But – yeah, it can be relatable to, to have a coach that's young and, you know, doesn't have the quote-unquote hard-nosed, um, smash-mouth football mentality where we're going to work you down like a dog uh, attitude um, and, and has been there before. I think it could play a, an advantage. But at the same time, it can, vary, it can backfire if you don't have the right personality. Rashad, what was going through your mind when you were watching the AFC Championship game this past weekend in regards to how the Ravens – were performing offensively. You know, Legarius Sneed, Chiefs Legarius Sneed, was on with Carlin versus Joe yesterday here on ESPN Radio, and he mentioned how surprised he was with the Ravens' lack, and specifically Lamar Jackson's lack of running the football. What did you make of the Ravens' offense while you were watching the game? You know, I made a whole entire YouTube video on this, and I made a, a put something on my Instagram. Y'all can feel free to check it out, but I'll summarize it that, you know, when you have an extraordinary talent, you got to lean into what makes you extraordinary. Lamar Jackson, top 10, uh, or excuse me, running quarterback, uh, top two, number one, probably overall of all time of running the football. If you have Michael Vick first, then obviously we know Lamar's too. Um, now, passing ability. Just this year, he's top 10. It's hard to have a conversation if you don't put him as top 10, but for me, he's my top five. However, all things being equal, in life, Sometimes people try to win for the critics' sake. And it's like if I told Floyd Mayweather, hey, Floyd, I know you, I know you got this little stance you do that, to defend yourself, and you're one of the greatest of all time at defending yourself. But I tell you what, I don't consider you a real boxer unless you can go out there and fight normal stance and if you can take a punch. And let's say Mayweather was like, oh, okay, cool. I'll go out there and fight the way you want me to. And he gets knocked out. Boom. And then the critics are going to say, what? See, he can't win this way. Look. Lamar Jackson is extra extraordinary at running the football. I think, I, and I put a lot of onuses on Munkin. Why would you, why would you not influence the most extra extraordinary running quarterbacks 
to do what makes him extra extraordinary, run the ball. For me, it doesn't make any sense, and that's wrong with a lot of people in life. They don't lean into what makes them extra extraordinary. They just try to win for the critics' sake. And if you don't think there's something extra extraordinary about you, then you're probably trying to win the way the critics want you to win. Lamar didn't lean into what made him great, and that's why they lost. If you want to find more on that, take at Rashad Jennings on the gram. I just hit you with a follow. You're welcome, Rashad. Uh, Let's talk about Brock Purdy as we head into this Super Bowl because the hate around him has been weird. I don't, it's a lot of criticism. It's a lot of piling on for a guy who should probably be the most lovable story in America. What have you made from the criticism surrounding Brock Purdy? Well, criticism, um, criticism wants to figure out they they want to tell you how you're winning and why you're winning. They just don't want to talk about the fact that you're winning. So the reason critics say, Oh, the only reason he's winning is why he has, you know, George Kittle and he has a Brandon. Ayuk catching the balls everywhere? And Devo Samuels and the best running back in the last few years, the NFL behind him and Shanahan and that awesome defense. Here's why he's winning. That's what critics say. They don't talk about, that he's winning. Well, the only reason he has these great numbers is because blah, 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 blah. The point of Brock Purdy is that he knows who he is. I love the guy. He's a, he's the, I think when it was eight teams in the playoffs, there were seven first-round draft pick quarterbacks and only one non-first-round quarterback, and that was Purdy. So what is this saying? This, it, 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 and not to avoid answering your question, but I, I just want to show the makeup of what this Super Bowl is. It's very unique. This Super Bowl has become a story. Well, nobody's made a storyline yet. I'm shocked. But this is setting the standard moving forward on how GMs, head coaches, and especially owners will look at drafting and where they want to place money. Do we pay $500 million to a quarterback to win us a championship? Or do we pay our entire team to win us a championship? Where do we load the money? You're playing against San Francisco 49ers where the money is spread out around amazing players everywhere. And then you just have a quarterback. What, but on the other side, Kansas City Chiefs, you got a highest-paid quarterback of all time and a couple guys. Let's see which one wins. What's the recipe? Do you get somebody who is extra extraordinary at the quarterback position or do you get somebody normal and, ex- and expand the rest of the team? But – I like Purdy. I'm cheering for him. Whoever wins, I'm happy. Why? Here are two reasons why I'm happy. Because if Purdy wins, what a storyline for him. 49ers, they got back on track. They finally got over the hump. Cool, that's great. And plus McCaffrey, I can say, see, you need a running back in order to win. If Kansas City wins, great. Because it's one more uh, year closer to I got to stop hearing about Tom Brady being the best. Uh, it's a lot easier to find Brock Purdy's than it is Patrick Mahomes. So it is interesting. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out and what philosophy there wins this Super Bowl. Rashad Jennings, former NFL running back, of course. Check him out. Game night. He hosts it right here at ESPN Radio Sunday night starting at 9 p.m. Eastern. Thanks, Rashad. Thanks, Rashad. Jonathan Zaslow filling in tonight for Ian Fitzsimmons here on Amber and Ian. Coming up next... Are the Lakers running out of LeBron time? We will explain. ESPN Radio is also available to you on the ESPN app. Tomorrow 
on the NBA on ESPN Radio. One of the NBA's fiercest rivalries opens another chapter. LeBron James and the Los Angeles Lakers storm into TD Garden to face Jason Tatum and the Boston Celtics. Coverage begins tomorrow at 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on Sirius XM Channel 80. Presented by Indeed. Because of that game tomorrow on ESPN Radio, no Amber and Ian, Lakers and Celtics coming your way instead. You can also hear the Lakers at the Knicks Saturday right here on ESPN Radio. That game tips off at 8 p.m. Eastern. Things aren't good, though, Zaslo, with the Lakers. Jonathan Zaslo filling in for Ian tonight. Things are not good. I mean, the back-to-back to to begin the week could not have gone worse for Los Angeles. Two 16-point losses, the hands of the Houston Rockets, and the Atlanta Hawks, uh, second game without Anthony Davis due to a groin injury. LeBron James and the Lakers are now 24-25, and 25, very far from the place that I guess they probably expected to be when they were hanging that banner after winning the in-season tournament. And LeBron appears frustrated. He tweeted out, at 2.30 in the morning, technically. Not West Coast time, 2.30 right. East Coast time. East he was Coast on the time, East Coast last night. Right. Yeah. Well, well, was he though? Still, or you're on a PJ, probably on your way back, right after you play. All right, the but Hawks. still, his but still, his his clock is on Eastern Time wherever he is. He just played a game in Atlanta, yeah. so wherever they travel to, he's on East Coast Time at that point. Yeah. So two thirty in the morning, East Coast Time last night slash this morning, technically this morning, he tweets out an hourglass. That's and it. by the way, they're still on the Nothing East Coast else. because they're in Boston tomorrow. So, yeah. Oh, East so Coast there you go. So, sure. squarely East Coast time. He tweets out an hourglass. What does that mean? Zazzle? Now, is it possible the hourglass was like they got on they, they got on the bird from Atlanta and they were on their way to to Boston and maybe like the filet was taking too long mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. The, the, you know, the, the, the service? Are they cooking filets on private jets? Is that what they got going on on those things? Oh, yeah. The NBA teams definitely get steak. 100%. <laughs> But like I know, like they cooking do. it there, right? I mean, they have to load the steak into the plane already cooked, yeah, right? Uh, well, I think no you know they they aboard these things, is there? Yeah, uh, you, you don't think they have the cow on the plane and like they're, they're doing it all works. super fresh? I've never been on, never been on one of these fancy private jets. Sounds great though. I'd like to try well, it sometime if anybody is offering. Well, Amber, we're we're at that place in the NBA season, right? First of all, this Laker team stinks, and I never understood the hype about it early in the season. The Heat played them at one point during the year. I'm like, that's not a good team. That this I don't get the talk about the Lakers. This is not a good team. And it's also a weird thing because they they went 7 and 0 in in-season tournament play. They win the first ever in-season tournament. It, it almost it almost makes the in-season tournament it takes some credibility away almost that the Lakers were the team that won this in-season tournament because that team stinks. And you look at them right now it's like, I don't know. Do we, is this tournament a big thing? Does it really matter? Because kind of a bad team who's not going to make the playoffs won the in-season tournament. That, that, I guess that could be a different conversation. But we're at that point of the season, right, Amber, where we're a couple weeks away from the trade deadline. Are the Lakers going to blow it up? Also, we're at the point of the season where LeBron is, LeBron is clearly upset. So anytime he you know, quite possibly gives the head coach the stink eye, we're going to have that all over social media. Oh, my God. He's, he's firing Darvin Ham tonight because LeBron's in charge, you know? Right. Or if D'Angelo Russell turns the ball over and LeBron looks away, I'm like, oh, I can't, I can't wait to trade D'Angelo Russell. Mm-hmm. We're at that point in the season where LeBron is the puppet master 
and he's pu- and he's making all the moves. And that's You're why this stuff. That, this... Like it's not true though, and it feels a little true. Oh, I, I'm not saying like it's not this... true. And what the hell is this hourglass about? A couple of weeks before the trade deadline, we all know what it's about, and LeBron knows exactly what we're all going to think it's about. And nobody likes a subtweet more than LeBron James. This is so been a thing with LeBron for 15 years. He is one of no, the no. Most... It's only been a thing when he's not in Miami. But it's before Miami and it's after Miami. This was never a thing in Miami. Never. But it but before Miami it was a thing. Yeah. After Miami, yeah. it was absolutely a thing. He loves the passive aggressive stuff. Loves it. I'd be and this so is a annoyed. Classic LeBron James move. And he know he knows the media storm, the bleep storm, if you will, he knows. that is going to come from this thing the second he presses it's not send on his or post on his thumb. That's the part that I don't get. It's not helpful for the Lakers. He can have these conversations with management or with the coaching staff, and they're going to take him seriously. It's not like if you don't do what I would like you to do, I'm going to go on social media and put an hourglass emoji, and then you guys are really going to have to listen to what I'm saying. Like, that's not the case. If LeBron went and spoke to them, they're going to take everything he says seriously. But instead, we're at that place in the season, Amber, where he's going to act like a passive-aggressive child, and he's going to post the hourglass because time is ticking. Well, is time ticking on Darvin Ham's job as coach of the Lakers? Because we know if it's not Miami, LeBron's a little bit of a coach killer. A little bit of a coach killer. So is Darvin Ham's Ham's time ticking? Is that what the the hourglass about to run out on? Hey, you got a trade deadline coming up. Better make some moves. Or is time ticking on LeBron's time actually ticking? with the Lakers. Well, that's the that's the interesting angle of this. He's got another year on his contract he after this year. He could opt out of that. Uh, he's a player that obviously has the power to get things done and end up where he wants to be in the NBA. Short of that, I don't know, where, where what are the Lakers on the clock for? I mean, you're talking about a LeBron that will be 40 years old by the time this contract's up, right? They're so, always on the clock for making LeBron happy. That's so the what, biggest thing in the NBA. Your superstar has to always be happy. Always has to be happy. LeBron always has done this to the Lakers time and time again, but we've seen him do it and put the pressure on them when it's you're on the clock or I'm not signing an extension. At this point, a player in his 40s. I mean, are the Lakers looking for him to sign a big extension after this You can't thing? give in to that if you're the Lakers. You can't trade away the draft picks. LeBron, he may leave after this year. You have exactly. no idea what he's going. It's, it's, it's one so thing to do it in the past. Talking? And it'd also be another thing if LeBron never won a title with the Lakers, which, of course, he did four years ago. Yeah. But you, you can't sacrifice the future for LeBron just putting hourglass emojis. Can't do it. Here's LeBron on the ups and downs of this team. We could, on any given night, beat any team in the NBA. And then on any given night, we get our kicked by any team in the NBA. What's our record? One, one game under 500. Under 500? One game under 500. Yeah, but 24 25? That's where we are. I like LeBron pretending that he does not. He needs an update. What's our record again? As if he doesn't know to a T everything that's going on around the team. There was also this weird thing with Christian Wood where he had a cryptic tweet oh, as well, yeah. where he tweeted out 20 minutes before tip-off, LOL, after it was announced that Jackson Hayes would be started, starting in, uh, in, in his place. In his place. And yeah. he tweets out, LOL. Then he denies it. He denies that that was about anything, of course. Oh. But LeBron sets the temperature. I mean, in fairness to Christian Wood, I'm just, I'm just following the leader here, right? This is well, what we do. Well, that's the case. If you parts. believe that, if you believe that, then don't you also have to believe that the hourglass means LeBron says the time is ticking on Darvin Ham? If you believe that. I always believe that. I always believe LeBron thinks the time is ticking on everybody except for him. 
That's it. I mean, now if LeBron wants out, that's a different conversation. But he's tweeting that out in my mind to have everybody scurred that their job is in danger. Nothing's in danger here. Plenty more on ESPN Radio. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.